Good morning. Wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> I just love that every year. I think that Jesus is in heaven and he still is grinning from ear to ear. I mean, you know, he's got all of his creation here with all the, the animals. He's got the, you know, his, his, his mom and dad here with him in the, uh, in the manger here. And he, you know how he loves the wandering sheep, you know? He, <laughs> I mean, everything, the dancing, everything is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's anything more precious in the telling of the gospel than the way the kids can do it like this. Um, it's, it, it's awesome. I mean, children hold such a special place in in his heart, and I don't think there's any, any better telling in the Christmas story than when it's told in its simplicity by children. Now, today is the second Sunday of Advent. Advent is the four, it's the part of the, uh, the beginning of the church calendar, and it's the four weeks before leading up to Christmas, and it's observed by some with uh, what we have here as an Advent wreath. Um, and we started doing this a few years ago just kind of to connect to some other traditions. The vineyard as a whole generally, I don't think, not too many maybe do, does this, but other church traditions too, and we value the kingdom of God. We value the church, we value the whole church, and we wanted to connect a little bit more to some other traditions, so we started the uh, tradition ourselves of the Advent wreath, the green wreath, a circle of evergreen representing eternal life, and, uh, uh, the, and then each candle represents a different theme. And the first theme, last week we, we lit the first candle, it was the theme of hope. The theme of hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, nothing else. Our hope is in Him. Our hope is in his redemption, and he gives us hope. It doesn't matter who we are. doesn't matter where we've been, where we are. He gives us hope. This week, we light the second candle. The theme for the second candle is peace. It's peace. Angels proclaim glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on whom his favor rests as they announce the birth of the Prince of Peace. Last week we began a new series. The series is called God With Us. And the promise that we have that God is with us, I think, is one of the most precious promises that we have in the Bible. There's a number of times where God promises his presence, a number of times throughout Scripture where he says, I will be with you, I am with you, and, and, you know, and, and, and that's one of the most precious promises because with his presence we can face anything that comes our way. Uh, uh, one of the places that uh, uh, God promises His presence is right here, as we've just seen illustrated in Matthew one twenty three in the in the story of Christ's birth. It says, "Look, the virgin will conceive a child; she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us." Emmanuel. We sang it just a moment ago. Emmanuel, God with us. It's his presence that gives us hope, and it's his presence that we find peace. 
He's with us. And now last week we saw that God's presence is with us in, He's present with us in the valleys that we go through in life. You know, times when we feel alone, times when we're scared or maybe we're hurting, times of loss, maybe like the, the, the death of a, uh, of a loved one. You know, we all go through that. We all have someone, you know, that we think about during the Christmas season and maybe we count, okay, this is the first Christmas without that person or the second or the third or Maybe it's the 20th. We all have someone that we've lost, that, and, and, and it's, it, it, can, it can take us through a valley. You know, we all want mountaintop experiences. We all want those experiences where it's like, yay, God, you know, we, we, you know, everything is clicking on all cylinders, you know, running on all cylinders, everything's clicking, everything's running great, and, and we all want those times, but, you know, a lot of times on the way to the mountaintop, you first go through a valley go through a valley to get there. And, and when we go through those valleys, God is right there with us. And last week we saw that we enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him in the valley. We enjoy His presence on the mountaintops. Everything is, God, you're so good, you're so wonderful. Everything's you know, super, everything's going great. We love those times. But it's in the valley that we really get to know Him. Today, we're going to talk about another time when God is with us, and that is in the wilderness. You know, oftentimes mountaintop experiences are followed by wilderness experiences. Just a couple of examples. Think about what happened with, you know, Mary and Joseph when Jesus was born. You just saw it so wonderfully portrayed here. You know, Jesus is born, and, and uh, the uh, shepherds, who may not have been here today, uh, showed up at the manger, and, you know, they came with, to Mary and Joseph, and they came in, and, you know, with this incredible story about how this angel appeared to them and talked to them about their baby that had just been born, and then not only did the angel, one angel appear, then he was joined by a whole choir of heavenly hosts, a whole choir of angels, the sky was lit up, and the singing was, was powerful. They just, you know, started singing, you know, it was filled with angelic voices. <coughs> you know, glory to God, glory to God. And it was pretty amazing, right? And then sometime later, some distinguished guests arrived. <coughs> some call, you know, they're, they're magi is the word. Some call them wise men, some call them kings. And distinguished guests or distinguished visitors from the east arrived at the house where Mary and Joseph were staying at the time. And they brought gifts of gold, which, by the way, if you read the Bible, the, 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 they weren't actually at the manger. The, the three uh, magi or wise men, they came to the house later on where they were staying. So it was a little bit of time had passed, but, you know... They, they, they came and they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And with all the excitement of a new baby for Mary and Joseph and all those unusual circumstances, oh, thank you, <coughs> something in my throat. All those unusual uh, circumstances around uh, the life, they had to be like, a, you know, just a mountaintop experience. Man, this is wonderful. Started out kind of like what in the world is going on, but... Wow, all these things that are being said about this child of ours and, and these people coming, you know, and, and bringing gifts. You know, they followed a star to get here and, and all this stuff. And then <coughs> overnight, things changed. <coughs> An angel appears to Joseph and said, get up and get out. 
Yes, hot water. Thank you. Boy, this church knows how to take care of me, don't they? <laughs> um, anybody got a vanilla shake? Uh, no. <laughs> Anyway, you know the, the, the angel wakes up, um, wakes up Joseph, and 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 says, "Look, you got to get out of here, and you got to do it now. Just grab your family and run. Don't worry about packing everything up. You got to get out because Herod's after this baby's life. Herod's out to kill this child. So overnight, they became homeless refugees, running for their lives to Egypt. Now that had to be confusing." They didn't know what was going on. That had to be a, 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 a time of, uh, of wandering and wondering, a time of, of being in. It had to be a wilderness experience for them. They went from mountaintop to being wanderers in the wilderness. And then think about when Jesus was baptized. What happened? You know, uh, Jesus comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descends visibly as in the form of a dove and lands on him. And God speaks audibly from heaven and shouts out, This is my beloved son. I'm so pleased with him. Listen to him. He speaks from heaven. Now, I've been baptized myself. I've baptized a lot of people. I baptized a number of you here. I've never heard a voice spoken from heaven when anyone was baptized. Have you? No, that had to be quite a special experience. So when Jesus was baptized, all this is going on. Mountaintop experience, right? Top of his game. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's there. And then what happens? Suddenly the Spirit leads him into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Mountaintop experiences are great, but we don't live there. Nobody does. And often, those experiences are followed by times in the wilderness. Everyone goes through those times. Everyone goes through wilderness experiences. Everyone goes through them through times of trial. Everyone goes through times of hardship. Everyone goes through times of wandering, wondering what you're going to do next. See that over and over throughout the Bible, but the good news is just as God was with us on the mountaintop, as we saw last week, and in the valley, God is with us in the wilderness. This morning, we're going to look briefly at a man who, was, who found himself wandering in the wilderness. He had that experience in, in, after a tremendous mountaintop uh, experience. I mean, his name was Elijah, and we've talked about him before. To, you know, he's, 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 he's just had a, a, just the, one of the most mountaintop experiences in the Bible, I think, where he called down fire from heaven and, and you know, and it came and consumed the altar and validated him, uh, you know, validated the Lord over the, uh, the prophets of Baal. And he defeated the prophets of Baal. So he's, at, it's like, man, you know, call this fire down from heaven, boosh. You know, and he defeats the prophets of Baal, and then what happens? Queen Jezebel, in 1 Kings 19, says, I'm going to get you, Elijah. You better watch out, because I'm gunning for you. I'm after you. And by this time tomorrow, you're gone. You're history. 
Now, I would think if I was setting up that story, I would think, okay, now it's time for Elijah to just continue on a roll, just continue what he's doing. Hey, God, you know that fire you sent down? Yeah, well, this lady over here really, you know, she's bothering me. You would think that he would be on, you know, he, he, he would just go right into that and be strong and, 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 and stand up to her. But instead, look at verse 3. <coughs> Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba in a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into a wilderness, traveling all day, sat down under a solitary broom tree, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, God. I've had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than those who have already died. God, I've had it. I've had enough. Just take me. I want to be out of here. He's scared, and he's exhausted. Physically, mentally, emotionally. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I just want to ask, have you ever been there? Have you ever been to that place where you've been exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally? And you're facing uncertainty and you don't know what to do. You're not only wondering what you're going to do, <clears throat> but then you're wondering, and when I figure it out, how am I going to do it? I have nothing left to give. The story the children told this morning is more than just a cute little pageant with little kids running around. It's good news. It's good news that you are not alone. Because as we're going through life, much like these kids, most of whom are just clueless as to why they're up here dressed like a, a, a sheep or a cow, or one year we, had a, we didn't have a camel this year, did we? Or, or a bear, you know, uh, all, all, these, all these animals. Um, I think I saw a fox. Did I see a fox? Today, I don't know. All the animals up here. It, it, it's like, you know, we're just running around like this. And what happens? God breaks into our world. God enters into our world and he joins with us. The good news is you're not alone. God is with you in the wilderness and he's got you. Let's read on. Verse 5. Then Elijah says, Elijah lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. He may have run until he was out of reach of the queen, but he was never out of God's reach. God was with him in the wilderness, and he knew exactly what he was going through and what he needed. God sent an angel to Elijah with food and with water. God knew what Elijah needed. He needed to eat, and he needed to get rest. So that's what God gave him. He didn't give him a pep talk and said, come on, Elijah, you know, get up. He didn't give him a pep talk. He didn't give him a lecture about his faithfulness. He gave him food, and he let him rest. God knows what we need, and sometimes that's what we need the most, just to take care of ourselves. 
our physical bodies, take care of ourselves emotionally, get the rest that we need. Verse 7, Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him, said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. In other words, God's not done with you yet, and you're going to need more strength. So take the time, take the opportunity that you have now to get that strength. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, What you doing here, Elijah? After he was strengthened, God spoke to him. What are you doing here? Why are you running? Verse 10, Elijah replied, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. Like, I've been serving you, but everybody else, God, you know, they've broken covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. He starts whining, and he says, God, you know, I've served you faithfully, all this time, and now I'm the only one that's left. And then you can read on in verse 11 and 12. Read that when you get home, but it says that God revealed himself to Elijah in a different way than he had in the past. You know, there's mighty wind, but God wasn't in that. There was a powerful earthquake. God wasn't in that. Fire, God wasn't. You know, sometimes we want God. We tell him, okay, God, come and reveal yourself in power to me right now. I need you to show up in power. I need you to come, and I need you to take out my enemy. I need you to come and empower and do this and do that. But that's not always how he wants to reveal himself, is it? Sometimes he just wants to come in, in the quietness of a still small voice or a gentle whisper sometimes he wants us to be still in the wilderness and just to know that he's God sometimes that's what we need to do when we're in the wilderness we're wandering around we're wondering you know where we are we feel lost we you know like 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 the sheep you know, Drew, that was just, you know, wandering around here this morning, you know, looking for Grandma. Finally found her and, uh, <laughs> and uh, ate his bagel on her lap. <laughs> you know, sometimes as we're in the wilderness, he just wants us to pull up a step. And just sit. And just rest in the knowledge that he's God. Psalm 4610, one of my favorite verses. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Stop striving. Stop running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Stop, you know, trying to just be still in my presence. And know that I'm God, always have been, always will be. I'm in control, and I've got this. I've got you. That still, small voice. God doesn't always show up how we want him to or how we expect him to. 
but he always shows up because he is God with us. God met Elijah in the wilderness, and he was with him. And it might not be how he was expecting or wanting, but it was how he needed for him to show up. <clears throat> See, God knows what we need. He knows when we need strength. He knows when we need rest. He knows when we need an encouraging word. When we find ourselves sometimes in, in, in the wilderness, sometimes our deepest need becomes a gift because it drives us to depend on God. Our deepest need becomes a gift when it drives us to depend on God. When we begin to look at life through that lens, our lives will change. I want to ask you this morning, where are you today? Are you on a mountaintop experience? Is everything just going awesome? Everything's clicking on all cylinders. It's just going great. Everything going strong. Or are you in the wilderness this morning? Things have been going on and you feel like I'm just, uh, I'm lost. You're, you're, you're wandering around. You're confused. You're wondering what to do. You're ready to quit. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to just give up. What's the use anymore, right? Nothing is working the way I want it to. Nothing is working the way I prayed. Nothing is working my way this way. Or, or What's the use? If that's where you are, if you don't hear anything else I say this morning, hear this. God is with you in the wilderness. You are not alone. He has not left you. He is Emmanuel, and he knows what you need. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Close to the brokenhearted. Is that your wilderness? Has your heart been broken and you just feel devastated inside? Then he's close to you. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Is that what has you wandering, wondering, a crushed spirit? Where you just feel like there's nothing else left? See, we don't like to admit that we need something. Often we like to think, I can handle this. I can do this. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. We want to be self-sufficient. But our needs, when we recognize our needs, and we recognize that we can't meet those needs, that we can't do it ourselves, it drives us to depend on God. And that's right where he wants us to be. And that's when our deepest need becomes a gift. I want to close with this thought. You may be going through a season right now where you feel you're wandering in the wilderness. If your situation, whatever it is, that season in your life, and, 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 and wilderness, just like last week we said valleys come in seasons, we don't stay there forever. They don't last forever. Neither does the wilderness. The wilderness does not go on forever. They are seasons in our lives, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer. But they're seasons. And if you're in that season right now, if, you're, if that season, if that situation drives you closer to Jesus to pursue him, to find him, to look for him, to draw close to him, then that wilderness 
is a gift. It's a, that's not to negate the pain of our circumstances or the pain of our loss or anything that's going on. Rather, it's to acknowledge the presence of God with you in your circumstances and that God's presence is what makes all the difference in the world. It's a gift. It's when you know that He is with you, not just here, but when you know it here, and you experience His presence with you, you can handle anything. So whatever you're going through, no matter how painful or confusing or draining, remember, if it drives you closer to Jesus, it's a gift. And there's no greater gift that you can receive during this holiday season than to draw close to the one whose birth we celebrate on Christmas Day. Because he was born to be close to us and then to give his life for you and for me. So as we think about gifts and as we plan on giving each other gifts at Christmas... Every time you give someone a gift, every time you open a gift from someone, remember the gift that God gave you, His Son. And begin to see that maybe sometimes gifts aren't wrapped how we would think they should be wrapped. And maybe the gift of Emmanuel, God with us, maybe the way for you to really know that and experience that is to be wrapped in the wrapping of a wilderness experience that you can know God during that time it's easy to know God and say, and say you know when, when everything is going great everything is wonderful oh God is so good and I'm so feel so strong in my faith now and everything's great I, you know but it's when everything is tough and you're going through trials that's when the reality of Emmanuel really is revealed to us. Can we have our worship team come on up? <laughs> Wilderness experience, it's a gift. If it draws us to Jesus... It is a gift. It's also an invitation into the most real and genuine relationship that you will ever experience. And it's an opportunity to experience Jesus in a new way. For you to say yes to Jesus and to rely on Him and to trust Him. So it's a gift. It's an invitation, and it's an opportunity. You view it in that way, and it'll help you get a whole new perspective on the things that you're going through. <laughs> Gotta love Dom. <laughs> 
few weeks ago, those of you who were here, it was so cute. He came up here, and he just stood right here, right in the middle of everything, and he told me he had a guitar. <laughs> and, and, you know, I asked if he knew how to play it, and I think he said yes. Now, well, can you teach me how to play it? Yeah, so but I haven't had any guitar lessons yet, have I? When are you going to teach me how to play guitar? When Santa Claus gets you one. Oh, I thought you had one. Okay. Oh, that's right. It broke. So when you get one that's not broke, then you can... That's right. That's right. He, he knows that, doesn't he? <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> And Steve, I hope you heard that too. I mean, you know. All right, let's let let's let's stand um, and and let's um, uh, let, let let me let me do this. If you're going through, let's all stand. And if you're going through a wilderness experience, I just want to pray for you right now, and then we're going to sing. So, Father, I just pray for everyone here that is going through a tough time right now, going through trials, going through a time of confusion, going through a time of wilderness and a time of, uh, uh, of just there. They feel like they're wandering around, don't know where they're going. Father, I pray that you would reveal your presence to them in a way that they'll know it's you to each and every one. We love you, Lord, and we believe. We believe that you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. We don't always see you. We don't always recognize you. But you are with us. And we thank you for the difficulty in our lives. It's not in our flesh. We don't thank you, Lord. That's, we, we don't see that as a gift. But we know that if it draws us closer to you, then that's a gift to us. Help us to unwrap it and to see your presence in the midst of it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going